welcome to YBFD Podcast, sponsored and brought to you by Ohio Hates Cancer. Good morning. Hi, guys. Welcome to YBFD Podcast. This is your girl, Erica, a.k.a. Your Pink Sis. Today's episode, we're having a super special guest. I'm very excited. We'll be talking about pre-vivorship with my girl, Tracy Milgram Postner, the founder of Braca Strong. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Erica. And welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I truly a pleasure to be able to come on your podcast and share my story and educate women. Exactly. I'm very, very excited for that. I think we're going to have a super um, empowering conversation today and educational. So I'm pretty excited about that. I am very curious to hear about you, about your story. Um, you know, the challenges that you've had um, finding that you are positive for BRCA. So talk to me a little bit about that. Tell me about your story. So at the age of 21, I was diagnosed BRCA positive after going under two lumpectomies at the age of 18 years and 19 years, which were both benign. Um, At the age of 21, during a routine screening in an ultrasound, they found another mass and wanted to do a lumpectomy. And, you know, I already had two scars across my chest, which is already challenging. You know, you just graduate high school and face this. And then I said to my, you know, my general surgeon, like, what are my other options? I really don't want another biopsy. And he said, well, you know, there's something called genetic testing. Now, this is back in 2004. The BRCA gene was found in 1994. So 10 years down the line, there wasn't research or, you know, like any clinical trials that were really happening that we could get into. Mm -hmm. So he goes over my family history, which is I'm Ashkenazi Jewish descent. We had lung cancer, colon cancer, breast cancer. And my youngest aunt died in her 40s. So he goes, you qualify for this testing. I'm like, okay, didn't really tell me that it had to do with melanoma and lung cancer and testicular cancer for men and all these other prostate cancer. And I didn't understand what was really behind it. You know, I was 21 years old. Sure. So That's so young to have to go through all that. I was very young and, you know, I was, I had the attitude that, you know, I saw a lot of family members struggle through cancer and anything that I could do to avoid it, I wanted to do. I wanted to make sure that I took that action and always stuck with knowledge is power and just keep going with that knowledge, keep learning and keep growing because, you know, again, people weren't talking about it. This is pre-Angelina Jolie. This is like, again, 10 years after the Janine was found. Before it became, you know, like a really in the spotlight right now. Right. Yeah, I totally understand. You know, and when a celebrity goes through a prophylactic bilateral mastectomy to normal human being, they make it like it's so much easier to go through and just heal right away. And they look back (laughs) to beautiful and feel whole again. Well, this is a journey. 
right, right. It's not and, like for us normal people, right? <laughs> it's it's different, and you know, even you know, saying like the normal life, your norm has now changed because you need to be under surveillance. And it's not just for breast and ovarian cancer, it's dermatologists, you know, it's cardiac. It's everything that you don't expect for the rest of your life, you need to follow up. Exactly. So you having such a big history, um, that's, you know, what prompted the testing. Correct. So after having the two lumpectomies and then my abnormal screening, he ordered genetic testing. And from there, six weeks later, I went to the hospital to go over my results and got my results by a nurse practitioner. Um, RN, my doctor wasn't around, didn't really give me too much detail, but you know, here's your options. You need to look into a mastectomy and a hysterectomy or go on tamoxifen. And I'm like, whoa, I'm 21. I want a family. I want to nurse my kids. I don't have cancer. I have ticking time bombs. Like what, what are my other options? And I just did a lot of research and decided to go under surveillance, which was every six months I had screenings. So I had a monogram or an ultrasound or an MRI. And then I decided oh my gosh, I'm 21 years old. I want to move with life as quickly as I can. I rushed. I had two children. I had a healthy baby girl who's now 11 and a healthy baby boy who's eight and decided through the screening process, it was so stressful. And like women talk about anxiety, it's real, you know, going and having the anxiety of the test and what they're going to find, if they're going to find anything and decided it was time to move forward. I had my son, he was two and a half turning three. I wanted to start my preventative action against breast and ovarian cancer. With that being said, at 32, I went under a hysterectomy robotically. And six months later, I followed it with a prophylactic bilateral mastectomy with reconstruction. Okay. That's good. That's very, you know, very, very proactive of you. I'm very proud. Um, I mean, that's, it's hard, but you took the right measures and, um, it's very, very important to keep, you know, to keep track of, of our bodies and how we're feeling and being an advocate for ourselves. Like, for example, you being so young, you had to advocate for yourself and that's very, very, um, inspiring. So, so with your mastectomy, did you, your reconstruction, did you, what did you choose to do? So I was part of a clinical trial. So through my journey, I had done a lot of research and looking into clinical trials. And there was a product that was brought to market in 2015 when my journey began. It was called Air Expanders. So instead of having saline expanders where you go in and they inject saline, I did it at home with a remote. What? Um, which was an amazing product. Unfortunately, due to COVID, the product is no longer on the market. And it's so sad because this product, I was able to literally expand my breast 30 cc's up to 30 cc's every day at home. So if you think about 30 wow. times five is 150, right? In four weeks, you can be expanded even shorter. 
if you do it every day, it was in that comfort of my home. I can go on vacation. I could take the remote with me. I didn't have to go to the doctor's office. I didn't have to pay a co-payment. It was an amazing product. Yeah, Um, that's amazing. I did develop a seroma right after and then had an infection. One of them did have to get removed and get a saline expander. So I did get to experience a saline expander versus an air expander. Yeah. And if this product is ever brought back to market, it would be such a helpful piece of technology for women. As we go through enough in our journeys, right? Do you want to go to the doctors every week? No. If you could sit home and do this in your own home. That would be amazing. There you go. You said it. I agree. So tell me one thing. What inspired you? And I can almost guess, but what inspired you to create BRCA Strong? So what truly inspired me was when I had the infection, I was flat for about four months and I had a drain. And my daughter, who was seven at the time, looked at me and said, Mommy, you're flat. And I said, yes, baby, but I promise you I'll be whole again soon. And she said, well, I think you're like a butterfly. You've gone through different stages and we should do something. And I was just, I get chills every time I tell this story. I, I still, to this day, she is my inspiration of why Braga Strong was really originated and created into butterflies to help women and do what we do. Um, Braga Strong started three months before my own surgical journey. Oh, wow. It's a great organization. And, um, you know, it's, it's very inspiring. You have your story is very inspiring. Because, you know, at such a young age to go through something like that is just crazy. Now, I wanted to, and I know that, you know, that there's a lot of challenges that we go through, but there's also that silver lining, right? There's also that moments of joys um, and things like that. So what, what were the joys that you have found on this survivorship journey? So the joy that I found was being able to take preventative action, knowing my risks at 87% chance Mm -hmm. for breast cancer alone. I feel like that is a joy in my life. No matter this journey doesn't end. Um, It's a continuous lifelong process because now that, you find out more details, what's really within the gene and what it affects and how it affects your body, you're continuously on this journey. Exactly. So when we talk about joys, you know, there's different outlooks and different outcomes. And to follow each guideline and to make sure you're staying up to date is the most imperative aspect of having a BRCA gene or a PALP mutation or any mutation. Mm -hmm because there's so many different changes in the world and how you handle it and what you do with it. Now, the one thing is that I'm, my kids, 
have seen enough of a fight, but won't have to see the other side where I got really sick. And that's, that to me means the world. You know, I watch some of these other women out there and their kids and their family, and it's so powerful and inspiring. And I give them so much credit because I could I don't know what I would do or how to be able to handle myself. So to see these other women brings me joy in what I do every day. It's definitely a hard path. Um, I was also tested positive for the POW-B2 gene. And um, which, of course, it's, you know, had uh, I was prompted to do the same thing, a full hysterectomy. And, um, of course, my double mastectomy. Um, But, yeah, it is very, very empowering to have access to genetic testing. Um, Knowledge is power. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing that does worry me is, you know, with that, when you test positive, your kids have that 50-50 chance. So that's something that it's always, you know, pretty heavy on my mind because I have a daughter and and I worry about that. But, you know, it's it's also, again, one of those things that just like you experienced, she, if, if it ever comes to that, she will have the power in her hands to make decisions such as what you did. And, you know, the pulp mutation follows the guidelines of a BRCA mutation, if I'm correct. Yeah. Um, Dr. Alexia Gaffney also is a pulp um, carrier, and she's educated us a lot on it. And we've spoken about it and how you guys follow the guidelines of a BRCA mutation carrier. And, you know, we go back to, again, like you said, our children, right? My daughter has been involved in BRCA Strong, right, since it's since it's come about. And mm-hmm. the other day in the kitchen, you know, I was having a conversation. She looks at me and she goes, you know, I know I'm at 50% risk for getting this gene. And I'll do what you did. And I'm like, wow, that's a pretty powerful statement. That's very- you know, coming, coming from an 11-year-old and said mommy, you know, when would I get tested? And I'm like, baby girl, we're not going to test you for years, you know, but when you think about it, when we say years, you know, I was tested at 21. I don't want to put her through that at 21. You know, it kind of gives you a different perspective on life, but at the same time, cancer hit family so young, you know, in my family, in my genes, but yet I truly believe that in the next five to 10 years, they're going to be able to either develop a vaccine or develop an oral medication to make a change for these generations. Again, looking back 15 plus years ago, yeah, it has changed so much. I mean, you can now get on PARP inhibitors. You can go in clinical trials. You can go in high risk assessments, you know, in clinical, there's centers that have clinical settings just for high risk patients alone. Exactly. You know, we talk about how can we make a difference and educate clinical trials. Let's educate minorities. Let's educate these women that really need it. That's a, going right. through, you know, going through Breast Cancer Awareness Month, right? Learning Ashkenazi Jewish women, one and every eight women are affected by this gene, okay? Mm. 
African American women, 40% risk higher for, for breast cancer. Those stats alone tell us in our world, something has to change. Exactly. We need to be that educator and take knowledge is power. That is my biggest statement. I always say it on every call because knowledge is power. No, not everybody is a candidate for genetic testing. Not everybody can handle finding out that they carry this gene. And that's okay. Let's just take surveillance and educate and get screened. Yeah. And, you know, um, back to what you were saying about your daughter, it's, it's very... Um, a powerful statement for sure because she's 11 minus 17 and we talk about it because she has the option to test at 18 but I don't want to put her through that I'm afraid it's it's just such a stress uh, mm-hmm. um, stressful news or time while you're waiting it's just something that I feel we talk to her doctor to do the same thing just keep surveillance and until she would be ready to you know make that decision on her own but yeah I definitely feel that for us as parents and and being and carriers of genes and having children it's really really heavy for us Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't, I just hope and pray that they don't get to go through um, at least the same thing I went through um, and that you went through. Correct. You know, we can only hope and pray that everything changes. And as our technology advances and the medications and the trials that are out there, we fulfill. Mm-hmm we will definitely see an advancement. And again, let's go back to 2004. There was no databases. There was no high risk centers. You know, I don't know about you, but in looking at all of our educational resources that are out there, right? Mm -hmm. New York has the BRCA center, a huge center where you go and basically say you're diagnosed, right? Palpy mutation. You can see the geneticist, the genetic counselor, the breast surgeon, the plastic surgeon, everybody in one day if you have questions. Sure. These centers need to be around the world. Florida just implemented one. I believe it's Sylvester. Yeah. UM, I believe they just implemented one. But if these centers were around the world and truly educated us on like what this mutation means, what's going to happen down the line for us? Like, Nobody talked about melanoma when I was diagnosed with a BRCA gene. It's just not being spoken about. Right. And you know. Who knew to go to the the dermatologist once a year? And you know, who knows? It can, you know, the future of our children, like you said, there may be some type of vaccine or something that can prevent that genetic mutation to progress. So, yeah, I really do. I strongly believe in science and I do believe that, you know, eventually that will happen. I um, am so inspired by your story. It's, um, it's very educational and empowering. And um, I hope that, you know, Braca strong, stay strong 
<laughs> and it keeps you keep, you know, sharing the word, educating and empowering. You know, just a little bit about Brack is Strong, just for the women who hear the call and listen to the podcast, you know, we're just not about education. I know through my process, and maybe you can relate a little bit, Erica, you know, going through a mastectomy and a hysterectomy, yeah. you know, I forgot who I was, you know, what was it to be whole oh, again? Yeah. How, how do we remember that we're those beautiful women, the same as we were prior to our surgeries, right? Looking at our scars, some of us losing our nipples, some of us be, not being able to go out on hormone treatment. Like, how do you feel whole again? You know what? They, um, um, until I was able to fully accept it all, I used to say that I was just a shell of a woman now. I don't have breasts. I don't have anything on my insides. It's like you almost feel that way. So it is hard to, to kind of back. To accept. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, and we, we don't think about that through our journey, right? Like we just want to get through the journey and be done mm-hmm. with it. But at the end of the day, we all still have to look at ourselves in the mirror. Right. So what we do at Brackish Strong is basically we educate, inspire, advocate, and support survivors, survivors, and thrivers to eliminate the feeling of isolation and help you feel whole again. And we do that by funding post-mastectomy garments, lymphedema sleeves, prosthesis, bathing suits. Um, You know, during this time, there's many women who can't even afford to get through the treatments or struggle financially. And we want to take that burden away from you. That's one thing else we want you to not worry about. We don't want you to focus on you know, is there a bra out there for me? Is there a bathing suit out there for me? You know, for women who need prosthesis, you know, we want to make this available. To so them. tell us where, uh, tell us about where, for people that are listening, where can they follow you? So you can go to Braca Strong on Instagram, B-R-C-A Strong, or on Facebook, We have a public page and we also have a private group for women who took preventative action, who are breast cancer survivors, who are thrivers um, for a safe zone for women just to go to and open up and speak. If they have questions, they have thoughts and or want to vent, they can go there or you can go to our website at www.brcastrong.org. Awesome. Tracy, thank you so much for being on our show today. It was such a pleasure talking to you. Um, you know, this was this was really good conversation. I do appreciate it. And um, once again, this is Erica, aka Your Pink Sis. You can follow me on IG at Your Pink Sis. Until next time, Tracy. You have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you, Thank Erica. You. Bye.